Welcome to a jam-packed episode of Throwdown Thursday, episode number 43. My name is Patrick Rahal. I am known as Patsy the Angry Nerd. I am here, joined by my co-host, the Ironborn, the one who swears at me more than anyone. I'm talking about the very special Agent Nicole. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that was nice of you. That was nice. I am joined also, as you can hear from the evil cackling, by my partner in crime, my tertiary co-host, I suppose you could call her, the lady who lives at my house, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the master of disaster, the king of... Oh, no, I'm, I'm like introducing Apollo here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. Hello, darlings. That's a long intro. Did you do something wrong to piss her off or something? Yeah, he always does something wrong to piss me off. <laughs> no, I did something right to piss her off. Yeah. How dare you do something that would make me not angry at you? How dare you do the dishes? We also are joined by a man whose picture is right next to the word bootylicious in the dictionary. That's right. The producer extraordinaire, Johnny Wolfenstein. Uh... I don't think that's true. I'm going to run that into the ground, though. I don't know <laughs> if I have yet, but Nicole's shaking her head at me. It's a, it's a very odd thing you to run, run into that, the ground. You run that to the ground just like you run that with the freaking back that train up. Patsy the angry nerd, king of beating the dead horse. I am the answer to the question no one asked. <laughs> this is a very special episode because we are joined by technically three people. One was a surprise even to me. But we are joined by two people. Introducing first, he is proof that once you achieve perfection, trying to replicate it will only disappoint you because it's impossible. He thought that using water instead of milk in his kicks was a good idea. He is a great artist. If you like your people to look like a combination of Doug Funny and Rocky Dennis, <laughs> he puts the Dan in Fandango, my brother from the same mother... Dan Rahal. How are we doing tonight? That was less than enthusiastic. Oh, we happy to be here tonight on the radio. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I liked it also joining us, <laughs> he is a living example of why the third time isn't always the charm. You don't have to pay the troll toll to get this boy's soul. He puts the Dave in cadaver, which is why he's no longer allowed at the funeral home. My youngest brother, and the least handsome of the three of us, the one with the most hair but in the most denial about his upcoming baldness, my youngest brother, Dave. How are we all doing? Happy to be here. If you're and, waiting uh, for a response, you're not going to get one. I've been, I've been going bald since I was 13, and I'm okay with that. So yeah, as I've, evidence, I've accepted it. In denial since he was 14. Yeah. In denial since 12. I'll still oppose that, though. So... As this is your first foray into the show, we also uh, we have a, a couple of things that we like to do, but I would also like to point out that hiding off in the corner, uh, Dynamo Mars style, is uh, Dave's significant other, uh, Anthony. Anthony, say hi. Hello. No, you got to talk into the mic. Hello. Wow, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was as enthusiastic as it gets. All right. So what we do, uh, for folks who have never listened to the show, like Dave, 
Uh, what we like to do is a little segment called Getting Into Character, where we get to know a little bit about our guests by asking them some random questions. But because we've got two guests, we're going to kind of split these up. So we're going to do three questions in this episode, and then we're going to do two in the next episode. So we're going to start with Dave. Dave, I'm going to give you a hypothetical uh, situation. Now, remember, this is hypothetical. Uh, it may or may not have happened in real life. Suppose... It is your oldest brother's 36th birthday, and you invite everyone over for dinner. What would you cook for said dinner? <laughs> well, you know... Uh, what would you? Yeah, what would you yeah, cook? I know, I heard because the you're hosting, and yeah, no, you invited everyone. This was your idea. It was actually... Uh, it was my plan. Um, yeah, so what would you cook what happened in this was hypothetical situation? My, you know, my brain just swelled. With how many ideas that I did have, your your mic is off. You talk it, talk into it a little more. That also doesn't sound like an answer. No, my. Uh, oh, there we go. My brain just swelled with how many ideas that I had on food to make. That I actually fell asleep for about four hours, and uh, so that's pretty much. You you were so overcome with excitement for your ideas that you just tuckered yourself out. I had so many ideas that I just I didn't know what to do with myself. I had to sit down. I was getting pulled in so many directions. I didn't know, you know. Well, that uh, I don't. It's also given a lot of different directions, but yeah, I know. said whatever you want to make is fine with me. That that seems to have bogged you down a bit. All right, Dan, your first question: With which stooge do you most closely identify? It's natural for me to say Curly because of the fat and bald uh, thing. You got to get closer to the mic. I, I it's pro- it probably is Larry though. I feel like he's a uh, he, he's the whipping boy. The, uh, the the doormat, perhaps. Yeah, I, I think more Larry. I would definitely Larry. say Larry is the middle yeah. child of the yeah. Stooges. Larry. Yeah, you're Larry. All right, uh, Dave, for you, which current or past wrestler okay. would you most want to fight in the ring? Hmm. Who would I want to fight? Like, it doesn't have to be somebody that you think you could beat. It could just be somebody that you think would put on a good match. Or to somebody I don't like. Somebody you don't like that you just want to wail on him with chairs and two-by-fours? Give him the JBL treatment. Hmm. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. I'm, I'm more of a lover. I'm not really a, a fighter. Uh, yeah, I know. So, Anthony told us all about it. Um. Yeah, I'm going to have to say... Uh, Trish I mean, pro- I mean, probably probably Triple H, I guess. If I, you know, I think we'd have to have a five-star classic, so... Okay. I'd have to say... That's fine. Yeah, I'd say Triple H. Dan, almost the same question for you, but who would you want to fight the least? Fight the least? Yeah, like who would like it would just be like a shit match. Would it be it would be like a Hulk Hogan versus Roman Reigns type of match. Look, we do two moves, alright. I would probably say Scott Steiner. <laughs> that man has a repertoire of about two and a half to two and three quarter moves, but uh, yeah, it, it's pretty brutal. I think it'd be really slow moving. Also, he doesn't work out his legs. I really need a guy with strong legs can toss me around. You have to carry some of the load, if you know what I mean. Are you talking like early Scott Steiner or big Papa Pump? I think we all know. He he. <laughs> once he got on the Roys, he forgot that his legs were there and only worked his arms, so that, that was a big problem. I wear chain mail and do push-ups. <laughs> And that was his repertoire in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. You're familiar with his work? Yeah. All right, uh, Dave, who plays you in a movie about your life? I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, that's pretty much a no brainer. That's a real quick one. You got any brain uh, busters for me? Oh, my God. All that right. was a Scott Steiner move, actually. 
<laughs> All right, uh, Dan. This is uh this is your final question. We're gonna wrap it up after this. Um, what is the worst movie you have ever seen? This is easy. Everybody knows. Uh, it's definitely Judge Dredd. The original Judge Dredd. What? I have not seen the new Judge Dredd. The Schneider Stallone thing did not do it for me. Oh no, Schneider was terrible. Oh, brutal. Schneider Schneider Stallone, terrible. Worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Okay, easy. Uh, wow. I, I disagree on that a little bit, but that's that's okay. That's okay. That's why they make chocolate uh, and vanilla, baby. All right. Uh, no, I do, I do think we should come up with a question for Anthony. No, 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 no. Uh, Anthony, well, you know what? We just want to know a little bit about you, Anthony. Anthony, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? It could be real. It could be imaginary. Uh, just let us know. Like, uh, How long have you been a billionaire? I'm not. Well, <laughs> For those of no, you who no. uh, are unfamiliar with uh, with uh, Anthony, just kind of imagine uh, Deadpool side. Was it T.J. Miller, J.T. Miller? It's T.J. Miller. Yeah, yes. yeah. Just figure that, but um, with darker hair and uh, Seth, bri- Seth Rogeny. He's a little Seth Rogeny. Yeah, he's a little Seth Rogeny. Yeah, yeah. I could, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, uh, braided back hair and everything. Dave prefers that. It gives him a little, little something to hang on to. Yeah, it helps. So uh, makes it easier. Yeah. So, I think uh, with he's a, that, he's a big guy. Let's just say that you know what yeah. I mean. He's like a bigger guy. He is. He is. He's a bear. Yeah, he is definitely a bear. <laughs> Dave's the power bottom. Oh, I wouldn't. Even I say generate that. all the power from the bottom. Yes. <laughs> so, what we're going to talk about today? The reason that uh, Dan and Dave are here is they are big, big fans of the TV show. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And we are fans as well, and I needed an excuse to get these guys on here so people could see exactly what it's like in real life uh, with when the three of us are together. This is why I drink. Uh, to quote... Every, uh, every holiday, yep. To quote uh, Dan's wife, because we were, we were, uh, we were watching Family Guy um, on uh, Christmas, and Dan's wife uh, was not impressed with how we were like talking and like narrating the episode she's like i can't do it not with all y'all i can't do it and she walked out of the room it was awesome <laughs> you know the things that she's unimpressed with kind of bother me sometimes me throwing things up in the air and catching them apparently she's not impressed with my seal skills either which kind of bums me out Ugh. is it because you're throwing your child you know that's neither here nor there. You stay out of my business. You should still be impressed by whether what it, what it is. You know, I catch her almost every time. Uh, I would say though, watch out for ceiling fans because that's that's a no no. Uh, that's how children get shorter. Um, I synced it. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is that we're gonna talk about some minor characters from the show because you know everybody knows the main characters and. I think it's it's nice to give some background characters a little love. So we're going to cover uh, five to six characters because I'm gonna I'm determined to get Anthony in here and like say something because he just wants to like watch and not contribute, which is some straight up bullshit. Sometimes people like to watch. He's like Don't auditing judge. us. This is like a spin class, and he's like here watching, making sure that we spin correctly. Oh, so wait a minute, how would you know what happens at a spin class? Yeah, Patrick? you spin around until you fall down, like it's right in the name. <laughs> The Cesaro move. 
Yeah, yeah. That he learned that at spin class. Yeah, right. You grab the guy, you spin around, people count to like whatever number, and then you drop the guy on the ground. Once and the then, crowd's done counting, you let him go. Yeah. Exactly. And then you lose the match five seconds later when Jeff Hardy, who's 106 years old, flies off a 60 foot ladder and breaks in half. Oh my god, is he still hot though? Like he used to be really hot. With totally, the he's a dreamboat. Definitely yeah. dreamboat. Yeah. Hunk City. Awesome. Oh my god, which is different from Suplex City. <laughs> they're they're adjacent. They're yes, it which, is. which is different from Bang City. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are uh, they're adjacent communities. Uh, they're all in the same district for voting. So, so I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some characters. We got some YouTube clips to go along with them. If if you're unfamiliar, but uh, yeah, so we'll uh, see you on the other side of this break. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too, too much, but I can assure you, we went nowhere. There's wine here, so this is where we stay. There's always wine here. There's more than usual. There's like four little bottles of wine. Because I brought some to share. I like to share with the guests. Yeah, it's a thing. some kind of Merlot. If you're going to podcast, you need to get on my level. That's true. That's true. So, like I said before the break, we're going to be discussing some characters from the hit TV show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and we are each going to discuss a different character but I think I've rambled on long enough so I think we're going to start with Ashes Uh, but before we do we have a little intro for the character Um, uh, we'll let the uh, this is the uh, the character of Maureen Ponderosa and uh, we'll just uh, we'll let the clip speak for itself. You know, this woman. Uh, ca- Excuse me. As I transition from woman to cat, I must insist on being referred to as a cat. Objection. She's not a cat, Your Honor. <laughs> if the witness wants to consider herself. 
So yeah, so I chose to talk about Maureen Ponderosa because I feel like deep down inside, I am Maureen Ponderosa uh, late at night when I tell Patrick that I don't want to be a people's anymore. I want to be a kitty. <laughs> That's a true fact. That happens a lot. <laughs> true story. It happens more than I'd like to admit. So Maureen Ponderosa, uh, we were first introduced to the character in season six uh, the episode titled Mac Fights Gay Marriage. Uh, Dennis actually dated Maureen in high school and when he was reunited with her, decided to get married. In the short time she and Dennis were married, Maureen had a craft studio, which was formerly Mac's room, where she would create sweatshirts with bedazzled cats on them. The crafting and her general neediness drove him crazy and he ultimately divorced her. Maureen was apparently in massive debt at the time about like 90 grand um, until she dumped it all on Dennis in their divorce also Maureen um, she was just batshit crazy (laughs) and she was just awesome Um, in season seven Maureen attended her high school reunion where she ran into her ex-husband Dennis Uh, she showed him that she was spending his alimony payments on a diamond stud for her dead tooth and that was a big thing Maureen Ponderosa when we first meet her is this very beautiful girl the only kind of downfall well I she is to to each his own Patrick to each his own she's she's you know she's cute she's really cute the only you know kind of downside to her is the fact that she has this dead tooth that she refuses to get fixed and it creates her you know this whole like bad breath smell and stuff why are you pointing at your brother because he got himself a dead tooth two weeks two weeks you can't talk I, I think like you all have like I can't speak for Dave. I've had a cavity for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. You all have like poor dental, like health, health. It's a thing. It's not so much dental hygiene because I know Patrick brushes his teeth because I make sure that he brushes his teeth. She asked me when I'm in bed. Did you brush your teeth? (laughs) Yes. Um, So during season eight, Maureen became engaged to Liam McPoyle of the infamous McPoyle brothers. Their wedding was set to take place at a cabin in a remote part of the woods. Dennis was not invited, but he showed up anyway to try to make sure that the wedding goes on and to have both Maureen and Liam sign a legal document that would release Dennis from his financial obligations to Maureen. He was dead set on having to no longer pay alimony. When Dennis saw Maureen, he immediately noticed that she had gotten breast implants and gotten her dead tooth fixed, which made her far more attractive to Dennis because Dennis is a shallow son of a bitch. When Dennis asked her why she didn't do that when they were married, Maureen responded that it was because she was... um, She responded that she was willing to change for him, but he never asked her to change, so she didn't. Uh, Maureen's bridesmaids run Dennis off before he could get her to sign the document. However, after the wedding has descended into chaos and quite possibly a zombie infestation, um, possibly due to bath salts, Dennis found Maureen again. She was crying, so he comforted her, eventually banging her. Uh, He thought it terrible, though. He told her that her boob job (laughs) was terrible. Uh, Worse for him, Maureen seemed to be completely in love with him again and refused to sign the document saying they should run away together. Uh, She disappears again um, in season 10, having had a 
series of plastic surgeries to make herself look more like a cat because cats are magical, of course, including moving the breast implants that had impressed Dennis so much earlier into her face and affecting cat-like mannerisms like saying meow yes when she's asked a question and kind of this goes yeah well this goes into season 11 uh maureen has now accepted her feline emotions and begun her transition into a cat during episode seven she will now only be identified as a cat rather than a human much to dennis's despair answering in a series of meows hissing when she is threatened as we heard in the clip and chasing a laser pointer through a court of law maureen and those she surrounds herself with must now succumb to her cat-like instincts. So now we come to... uh, So Always Sunny is in its 12th season. And in season 12, Maureen continues her transition into a cat, changing her name to Bastet after the Egyptian goddess of cats. She was scheduled to have a reverse nippleectomy to add more nipples to more closely (laughs) resemble a cat, which Dennis would be obligated to pay for. Bastet slash Maureen is later found dead from a broken neck and Dennis is the prime suspect. It eventually turns out that she died of an accidental fall trying to climb over the roof of a building, and obviously Dennis is cleared. So that is the the, the life and tragic death of Maureen Bistat the cat, Ponderosa. <laughs> Dude, she's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, so I think now we're going to transition into one of our guests, uh, Dan, uh, who has decided to do the the character Rickety Cricket, and uh, we have a little clip about Rickety Cricket as well. So uh, let's pull that up there. Hey, oh, Cricket! Hey, do you guys mind if I go in the bathroom and smoke some BZB? Nah, dude, you do you. We don't Cricket. We don't yeah, that was a fantastic one. That's from the recent season, and I, I really loved what they did with him tying in that with uh, the later episode when it seemed like he was really trying to do some better with his life. Cricket is one of the better characters on the show, and not only is he a secondary character all the time recurring, but also he's uh, he's a writer on the show. He did show he wrote some of them like uh, Gang Gets Invincible, which is certainly one of the best episodes that they ever did. Uh at the same time, he, he he's been there from the beginning. Started out as a as a priest. Hello. Can you hear me? All right, now we got you. Okay. Yes, yeah, I don't know what. So I got to make like almost sweet mustache love with this here uh, microphone. Yeah, it keeps it keeps cutting in and out. Like maybe it's just me that I can't hear yeah, through it's my just headphones. You. I, I would I would mention if it was doing that. <coughs> yeah. All right. Had, I think it's your headphones. Make sure they're plugged. Oh, in. Yeah, that's my headphones. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he he started out as a priest uh, when the gang. Uh, First notice the Virgin Mary in his... Uh, you want me to stop? No, no, go, go, go ahead. Go All ahead. Right, well, I was just adjusting my headphones. Good to know. Turn up my headphones. I got nothing in my headphones. <laughs> so once he... Uh, once they found... <laughs> he, was a pri- he was a priest, and then uh, once he got involved with the gang, uh, tried to rekindle his uh, ro- romantic tendencies with Dee, or at least on, on her end, and they ended up kicking him out of the priesthood. After he he left it, couldn't get back, and um, really went through a lot of different stages throughout his life and the show, and it was very very progressing, and even led to one of the better wrestling personalities that w- that we've ever seen is the Talibum, definitely one of one of my favorite. 
wrestled uh, was going to be on the card with the maniac, but he had a whole thing that day and got taken off. But that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, from there, you kind of see him pop up in different places, like at the at the reunion, robbing everybody, uh, making it look like he was back in the priesthood. So that that was a good one. And little by little, his life deteriorated. And damn it, it was tragic, but it was the funniest shit I ever seen. Just seeing little by little, he's slipping further, and then before you know it, he's scurrying around in the uh, the bomb shelter during the, uh, the the storm scare, and they ended up t- shooting him, taking him to the hospital, and. Uh, Ended up getting uh, caught by the, the dog catcher at one point. They let him. They set him free with all the dogs, even though he begged and begged to be euthanized. They just wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, cricket. Cricket's a very like sad. Uh, I always felt really bad for his character. Trials and tribulations, but it, it almost sucks that he didn't stick with the drug dealing thing. Because damn it, he turned that stuff around quick. It seemed like that was a really good gig for him. Maybe he should have uh, stuck with that. He could have made a very lucrative. Uh, very lucrative uh, career out of that. Yeah, he was he was doing really well. Um, so, <sighs> gang derailed his life. He was a scapegoat to the mob. They busted his legs, and before you know it, he's uh, he's turning tricks. And uh, you know what? He was out banging on the trash cans. And, and before you know it, he's uh, <laughs> eating lemons for payment for doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave, why don't you tell us about uh, the character you'd like to talk about, which you haven't picked yet? No, I did pick. I did pick. All uh, right. What do we? What do you got? I'm gonna go with uh, with Jack Kelly. He's a lawyer. Uh, I don't have a clip for that one, Wolfie. He's what you called misunderstood. I mean, I just looked him up a little bit on Wikipedia, That's actually. Okay. That's uh, but yeah, pretty much the most outlying thing with him is uh, that he pretty much molested Charlie, you know. So that, that that's pretty dark, I would say. Now, you know, on a, on a related note, do you think that is, like, the guilt from that or, like, the subconscious guilt from that is why he has such an obsession with his hands? No, no. I feel like it's a completely different issue with him. Uh, but, yeah, that is a whole nother bag of worms there. So why don't, you, why don't you give us a little bit of background about who he is, like how we're introduced to him, um, some notable uh, performances in the in the show. Well, I'm going to cheat here. That's but, fine. Uh, That's fine. We want to make sure our facts are straight. We are a uh, science-based podcast, and we always want to make sure that uh, our facts are correct. We don't just run around spewing things willy-nilly. Well, yeah, we actually what's can up. maybe discuss and make sure that I'm I'm correct. I don't even know because well, I'm just reading this. Uh I'm unprepared. I will say that. <laughs> if this happens again, yeah, I mean, you've I will be more prepared. We'll be you've more only prepared. known about this for like four months, so you know, I just as good as that dinner that I made. So yeah, yeah, you're we're right you're, back. You were uh, uh, doing prep for podcast. We're right back for that, and I'm in the Milky Way. So there we go. Uh, so he's in season one. He's in the intervention when Charlie gets molested, and he does take great pleasure in. Uh, Having Charlie point out on the doll where he was touched <laughs> as a child, <laughs> way too much. Show me on the doll. Way too much uh, pleasure in that. So that can obviously he does love taking pictures also for his website on his disposable camera. He believes in, in art, and <laughs> it could be questionable to some, but um, you know, to him, he's also in season five when uh he moves in to Charlie's mother's house when he wants to stay there and he uh, tries to convince Charlie to stay 
by um, saying they could wrestle. You know, just them, <laughs> just them two, palling around, getting nuts. <laughs> and uh, Charlie's not a, Charlie's not a big fan of that at the time. So, um, I just gotta go get my uh, stuff I left under the floorboards. <laughs> his hard drive he accidentally left under the floorboards. I'd say his best performance though um, is the uh, the courtroom in um, season eleven, I believe. Yeah. Um, McPoyle Ponderosa um, trial of the century. Yeah, part of that clip that we uh, that yes we was was from that. Yeah, when he said the the one who said she's not a cat and got hissed at. I didn't actually hear the clip too much. But, yeah, I know uh, because you didn't have your yeah. uh, headphones. But you might also remember. Jack Kelly is a man with small hands, but um, you'd be mistaken because he does have large hands. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, he's definitely one of the funnier secondary characters there is too. I believe that honestly, um, he's just he's great every time he's on the screen. I agree, I agree. So, Agent Nicole, Agent Nicole, uh, which character did you decide to cover today? I decided to do the waitress who's been in every, ep- well, every season so far. Um, the waitress is a woman that is openly stalked by Charlie Kelly, numerous, who has numerous uh, restraining orders against him. Um, she actually went to the high school with the gang, which the gang doesn't even remember her being there. Um, the first time we're introduced to her is in the first episode of season one where Charlie and the gang are talking about um, Dee's latest fling, and he he says some, like, racist comment, and so she basically hears him and was like, you're a racist, and so Charlie's, um, Charlie's trying to find a way to make her, like, re- like, make her see that he's not a racist and, like, brings a girl over and was like, see, you know, I can hang out with this gang, and... I'm good. And so throughout the whole series, he's just trying to, uh, Charlie is trying to love up on the waitress and she has no interest in him. She, uh, she's a big alcoholic. She's been too numerous alcoholic anonymous and where Charlie decides to go in there and, you know, spend more time with her. And so she realizes, okay, you know, I'll be her sponsor. And he's basically just trying to get into her apartment. So in turn, she goes and sleeps with Dennis, and she also sleeps with Frank, and she goes and sleeps with Max, so she just, you know, has sex with all the gang, the whole gang. Um, But the reason why she would be sleeping with Mac is to destroy a sex tape she had with Dennis, who, um, I don't know what happened with the sex tape, but then she went to... uh, Hold your mic closer. Sorry, I'm trying to read the... I know, I know. Um, she, <laughs> thanks, Ashes. <laughs> um, she looks like she's giving an interview. Yeah. And so then she has another sex tape with Frank, and then she finds out that Charlie has already destroyed it. Um, we are in, uh, in season four, Charlie creates a musical, like a rock opera, and he proposes to the waitress, and she's like, No, I'm not going to get married to you. And then throughout the entire series, towards the end, she realized like Charlie is like not a part of her life anymore and her life crumbles and she needs him and 
Let's see what else happens. Um, in season nine, during a fanta- an animated fantasy, Charlie and the waitress gets together. And, you know, they uh, have a big family. They fall in love. And then she dies. And then towards season... It's in the style of Up. No. Yeah, yeah you got to point yeah. that out. It looks like up. No, I believe that's the episode like the gang saves the day or something. Yeah. That's yes, actually one yes. of my favorite Charlie moments. And all of their kids are either waitresses or janitors. And, and they, buy, <laughs> they, they, they get married at the marriage store and then they yes. get their babies at the baby store. I love yeah. that. Oh, it's the, one of the best cinematic thing, <laughs> I, animated things. I'm still watching the series, so I haven't gotten to that part. But I, from what I've seen, it's really good. And then towards the recent season of 12... Um, Charlie sees that the waitress wants children like he's obviously he's seen her you know looking at children spending time with children around town and you know he she gets mad at him for like still trying to stalk her and he's just like you know I love you like so you know they have this really like off and on relationship where it's like sometimes it's stalkerish sometimes you know there's something between them Throughout the series, we do not know the waitress's name, but um, there's been rumors that her name is Nikki. And one of a little note is that Charlie lists the waitress as his emergency contact to find out her real name. So the reason why I decided to do the waitress is because it ties in for next week's episode. It totally does. Yep. So. <clears throat> I, I, can I just say one thing too? Yeah, I gotta yeah, yeah. say I never heard the term "openly stalk," but man, we should use that more. I'm gonna openly stalk people if that's if that's cool. If Charlie can get away with it, why can't we all? <laughs> right. Well, and and fun fact: uh, the actress who plays the waitress, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Ellis, is actually married to Charlie Day in real life. So I think it kind of makes their on-screen interactions just that much more funnier. Uh, because they're actually they're they're married. And well, it's like her character how, hates him. It's like how Mac and D are married in real life and have a child together. And they didn't care about her or the baby bird. They should probably growing inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, fun fact about D and Mac is. When they were auditioning, Caitlin Olsen almost didn't get the job. Kristen Wiig was supposed to get the job. So Mac basically almost lost his chance with his soulmate. Wow. Speaking of people who are married, the guy who plays cricket is married to Emily Deschanel from Bones. Yes, Bones. Yeah, Yeah, she plays uh, Boney Bonerson. I think that's her name. I don't know. I've never seen the show. You found that out in the... In the always in the, sunny in the, group. the group today, didn't yeah. you? Yes, I did too. Actually, I thought so. it was Boney McBone. That group's good for a lot of things. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so that brings us to me, and uh, we have one more clip. And uh, Wolfie, if you could cue that up, because uh, this is a pretty good one. You might recognize. I love you guys, man. You know, you you remind me of my kids. Oh, you got kids, maniac. Okay. All right. We got a problem. I don't Not know cool. what. What is he talking about with his kids? Did he, he just kill his kids? Is he that just what drifted away. And look at it. Look at this. I feel like he's living out of his car, right? I mean, he's got blankets in there. He's, what is that? A pile of laundry? Look at this, dude. 
That's just a bucket of chestnuts. <laughs> what? Is he foraging for his food? Clearly. I don't know. Why the hell would you have a bucket of chestnuts, oh, bro? We are dealing with a legitimate maniac now. Yeah. That is clear to me. Yeah. Okay, His oh. mania is not confined to the ring. You know, he kept calling you the N-word earlier. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I was going to bring that up. I don't want to freak him out. Me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's calling me the N-word? He yes, every time you turn your back, He's bro. like, you stupid N. Go yeah, get me, yeah. Grace. And this and that. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. with black people. And or does he have a problem with me? I don't know. Both, both, I think. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of him. That's it. How do you get rid of a guy like that? I don't want to be anywhere in the ring with that guy. You know what? What if we're just hype men? We don't even go in the ring. Yes, we let him do the wrestling. We do not wrestle. No. Okay, so that is a clip. If you didn't recognize the first voice, that is uh, the late Rowdy Roddy Piper playing the maniac because... It's, it's season five, episode seven. The gang wrestles for the troops because D has had this uh, uh, internet relationship or pen pal type of relationship with uh, with a, a soldier abroad, and you know they decide they're gonna you know do something for the troops. They wanna they wanna put on a wrestling show, and so they get the maniac who was supposed to fight uh, cricket because they didn't know anybody else who would want to get in the ring with cricket. And uh, that also introduced us to the trash man. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, it's almost like a comedic take on the wrestler with uh, Mickey Rourke because it's very sad, you know. He, as he says uh, later on, you know, in in, in season nine, episode four, Macadennis by a Timeshare, he says. Sometimes the loud noises make the squirrels go in my head. And I don't fight in the ring anymore, but I still fight with the demons in the maniac's head. <laughs> he's uh, very unhinged uh, when he goes to buy... Uh, he thinks he's buying a timeshare uh, because Mac and Dennis are idiots and bought like five of them. And so they sell him the timeshare and he thinks that it's Mac's room. <laughs> so he's like I'll just take this room here and he just moves in with Mac and Dennis because he thinks that's what the timeshare is and like nobody wants to confront him because he's out of his goddamn mind uh, Dave do you recall the uh, the the line he has when he's talking to his healthcare provider <laughs> um, I don't remember the first part but I think the second part was um and as for the fifteen dollar copay, copay, you can, you can eat, eat shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That yeah, was it. Uh, the maniac is unable to wrestle for the troops because he's got a litany of uh, unpaid parking tickets, and he finally gets arrested. And as the gang are, uh, well, Mac and Dennis, anyways, are standing there in, in bird suits. Um, the maniac tells him that he loves him as the. Uh, as the police drive away. And, you know, it's it's sad. But we do see the maniac again. He kind of gets his life back on track uh, as part of a pyramid scheme. He uh, starts dominating the sales world because, you know, he's the maniac. And who's going to say no to the maniac? Nobody. That's who. Um, and the reason I, I chose Roddy Piper, uh, or this character, is because uh, Roddy Piper was a big part of uh, our childhood. Uh Dave's about 25 years younger than I am, so he doesn't really know us know this uh, all that much. But Dan's only a couple years uh, younger than me, and uh, we used to watch you know all the old wrestling all the time. Where you know if you ever wanted to see Hulk Hogan, like it, it's not like it is now, where if you wanted to see Hulk Hogan, you would have like 
one of the three pay-per-views each year or one of his taped uh you know professional taunts where he'd be like let me tell you something mean gene um <clears throat> not like it is now where like you see john cena everywhere like he pops out of your cereal boxes i thought you couldn't see him well, can't. I that can't. Incorrect. I, I cannot see him. Well, when I, I see, I know he's there when I see the uh, the, the headband and the uh, the hat and the and the. I the, say, oh, the jorts. Somebody's wearing a headband around their arm. That must be John Cena. Oh, somebody's got jorts. What's sad is I still have a CD that I bought like many years ago. Oh my god! Wait, John Doctor Cena Thugonomics. put out a CD. Oh yeah, it wasn't bad. Word life. Mm-hmm. So. Uh-huh. I, think I got have to bring it in for show and tell. I got to <laughs> I got to meet Roddy Piper at Rock and Track 2008, and uh, it was really awesome because uh, we'd gone over me and a, a buddy of mine, and we we're waiting for him. And we had there had been this huge line all day, and finally like, the line was gone. He was getting ready to leave, and he comes over, and it reminded me a lot of the maniac because like he had like a case of Red Bull. Like, he showed up two hours late with a case of Red Bull. I just started pounding Red Bulls. Like, it was insane. He did not have a bucket full of chestnuts, but he was pounding Red Bulls. And finally, he comes over, and he's like, you guys, hold on. I'll be right back. And, like, he left with, like, his handler or whoever it was because he was going to uh, sign his name onto somebody's leg, and it was getting tattooed over. And when he came back, you know, he asked, he's like, what's your name? My buddy's like, oh, my name's Joe. He's like, oh, nice to meet you, Joe. Shakes his hand. And he goes, what's your name? I'm like, Patrick. He goes, a fellow Irishman. And he, like, picked me up off the ground in a bear hug. It was, like, the coolest thing ever. Way better than when I met Raven, who was like, uh, you, you want to buy the clothes I slept in last night? <laughs> I used them in the ring, too. And I was like, oh. I'll sell you anything. He literally would. He's like, I got these clothes in a bag. Do you want them? I'm like, oh, did you wear those in the ring? Uh, no. Just, they that were just call. laying outside of a donation bin. <laughs> Somebody was just giving this shit away. Do you believe it? But, yeah, he was more like the maniac than Roddy Piper was in real life. But, uh, no, I... <sighs> I dig this show a lot, and like we don't get a chance to watch it together, like ever, you know, unless it's like a, a holiday or something. Like, as you and I watch it a lot, Nicole, you've never watched it with me. I offer all the time, and you're like, "No, go fuck yourself." I like to watch it at my own home in my own bed without the commentary. Yeah, but the commentary is like the fun part. That's the best part. Yeah. See, now, just right, say, if I had to say a part that I liked best, it'd probably be the commentary. See. See, you, you've you watched a movie with me, and so you know how I am. Now imagine all three of us. Like, that's how it is. It's, like, the best. I don't blame Ashes for drinking. It's, <laughs> it's like Mystery Science Theater on steroids. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking too. It's it's unfortunate nobody picked the McPoyles. I feel like afterwards we probably should have. They've been involved in so many pivotal things in the in the show. Well, I'm sure we could take two seconds to talk about them. It t- t- yeah, go t- go right in. Like it's not like we have like the set in stone structure. Okay, you know, so let's throw it out. Yeah. So they they they, they took them hostage one time. That was in retaliation, <laughs> direct retaliation, for accidentally shooting Doyle McPoyle in the leg while Frank was on acid. 
That was also the day that Charlie uh, accidentally put Green Man on and didn't realize it because he was also slipped the acid, unbeknownst to him. But also, at, at the same time, they also helped to solve the mystery of uh, who got depregnant, and that is probably one of the best episodes they've You'll ever You will call heard. her! <laughs> They were the only ones in the whole bar that night that were stole, stone cold sober. Because all they drink is milk. All they drink is milk. That's so weird. That's 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 how they do it. They like it warm and wet. That's that's what McPoyles do. Milky. <laughs> I will say that uh, one of my favorite McPoyle moments is when they're at the video store and Liam has the fucking eye patch the eye with patch? the eye drawn on it. The eye the patch was the best thing. He, he, had, he had no depth perception. Don't laugh at him. <laughs> he was trying to cut up their membership card, but he couldn't. <laughs> he said that wearing the flesh-colored eye patch made uh, people less creeped out. It was less off-putting. <laughs> less but off-putting. They, he drew a fucking eye on it. <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. And then when he took him in the room to sign the contract, they were sure that they were in there to give him a new eye. <laughs> I, I thought, thought you brought were... us in here to give us a, give me a new eye. I would like to uh, shout out uh, one of my uh, my Facebook friends who was actually in an episode, uh, Sean Whalen, playing uh, Lion McPoyle in uh, the me- the episode we've referenced several times when they were in court. Although the best part of that episode was easily uh, Guillermo del Toro as Pappy McPoyle. That was the best fucking thing. Sprung them from his loins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I think with that being said, we're going to kind of wrap up the uh, the segment here. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we have a uh, a voicemail from uh, longtime listener Nick, who hates a lot of things, but loves him some Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So when we come back, we're going to play that. song of all time and uh, neither of my brothers have ever heard that song that I'm aware of but that was uh, for those of you who don't know 
This was uh, episode 68, the uh, greatest episode ever of Trick or Treat Radio. And what was it called, Patrick? All the boys love Larry Fine. See how we got that callback going? See? See? Yeah. And it's sung by the birthday boy, Dynamo Mars. Dynamo does freestyle the shit out of it. Dave, nice job. Nice job. So Dave's trying to drink out of a water bottle, uh, and it's got a, a sport top, and... Uh, Instead of pouring There's more to meets the eye, okay? He has a hard time with things like My this. teeth are very sensitive. If I squeeze it, it's unbearable pain. I so, had my teeth clean the other day, so now everything's showing. Oh, it just that's, insanely that's, hurts. So. so what you do is you pour it all over your sweatshirt yes. and then suck it out later. Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. It's soggy whenever I need a drink, yeah. So, Wolfie, you got that uh, voicemail that I sent you? Did you receive that? Excellent. So... Like I said, we have a, uh, a nice voicemail from our, our listener, Nick, who is a huge, huge fan of Always Sunny. And uh, it's a little lengthy, but, you know, we like that. We like that, especially Dave. Dave's a big fan uh, with, uh, with the length. That's, uh, that's how we got Anthony. So uh, let's listen to Nick talk about Always Sunny. Hey, Throwdown Thursday podcast, Nick here. Um, <clears throat> I noticed you guys were talking about... Always sunny in Philadelphia, so I thought I'd put my two cents in. Um, now I don't understand how your show does verses. I've tried to understand it; it doesn't make sense to me. So um, I'm just going to talk about what I like about it. And what I like about it is, I think the show's amazing. It's one of my favorite shows ever. Um, I think the main reason I like it is it's kind of it kind of came out of nowhere. Like I re- I literally remember. The night it premiered, me and my, um, I don't think it was me and my buddy, but I, I turned it on and I was like, what is this Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Because they had very weird trailers for it and stuff like that. And, you know, the, you saw the comedy in it, but it was still pretty stark and weird, like what it would be. And I immediately loved it. I was just like, these people are terrible people. And I'm a terrible person. You're not a terrible person. So I Nick. loved it. I was like, these people are me. These people say terrible things about other people, you know, and, like, they just try to do terrible things, and I loved it. They based every character um, on Monster Zero. No, it's hysterical. It's, it's a, it, you know, it's it's a messed up type of humor. It really is, like, and it's all taken in joke. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing to be taken serious. They make fun of the disabled. They make fun of, you know, the poor. They make fun of race. But, like... It's a show, you know what I mean? It's an extreme reality of what these people are. These people aren't really that, you know what I mean? But, like, that, and that's what's so funny about it. It's something, it's, it's like if Seinfeld was in the Bizarro Zone, I kind of put it, or like the Twilight Zone of of Seinfeld, I put it, because, you know, Seinfeld was such a huge film about, film, show about nothing, you know, and and it was funny, I'm not not a huge fan of Seinfeld, but like, I watched it when I was a kid, when they were, when they were premiering, and you know, it's funny, but like, it's a show about nothing, like that's the, that's the big, you know, thing about Seinfeld, and that's really what they, Always Sunny totally aped that and just said, let's do Seinfeld, in my opinion, but let's, let's be fucking twisted. I love the characters. Um, you got. You, you, I think you guys are mainly talking about Charlie Day. Um, Charlie's hilarious in this. Charlie is Charlie's such an interesting character because he's so like. 
he's crazy, but like they're all crazy, you know what I mean? But like he's he's and, and what's so nice about this this group of friends is like it's kind of everyone's group of friends. And listen, I this is a fucked up version of them, but like you all got that friend that you love, but they're kind of dumb and they're kind of like, well, we keep them around. And that then that's Charlie. You know, Charlie it's is Dave. that. Like he's crazy. Like he'll do stupid things for them. If he doesn't want to do it, they'll tell him a different way and he'll and he'll end up doing it for them anyway. You got Mac who wants to be the leader, but again, it's kind of dumb, but he's 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 the muscle, you know what I mean? And then you got you got D who thinks she's, you know, Sexy, but like they fuck with her. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It, it's it, and then you got you got Dennis, who I think they've had some interesting like fan theories that they've actually kind of played with, which I think is cool. And how Dennis is really the mastermind of everything. I like that Dennis is a sick individual. That like they've played with. He's a serial killer. There's been multiple. Um, there's been multiple things of like you know with the, the the videotaping of all his sexual partners and keeping them and stuff like that like it, they, but like you know he hasn't killed the women like there's all those the, his his partners have come on different episodes and you know he just puts them down and then ends up sleeping with them again but like there is an ongoing joke I remember I was watching an interview with them they said is is Dennis a serial killer and are you going to play with that and they're just like we don't know yet and it's interesting that they, 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 you know, will listen to the fans. So I don't know if they're going to end up playing with that. They have had really great guests. I mean, Roddy Roddy Piper was a, um, a guest maniac. a couple times. They've had um, Sean William Scott randomly. Um, and, and, like, any big, big name they get, they use them for nothing. Like, they'll use them for a bit part. And I love things that do that. I love places that, like, shows and movies that are like, we're going to use this huge name, and he's going to be a bit part. Like, South Park used George Clooney as a dog voice. You know what I mean? Like, I love that they, they don't take big celebrities as, like, listen, you're, you're, you're important, you're funny, or whatever, but, like, you're just a person like us, so it's not, like, you're hot shit. But, no, that show is hysterical. Um... It's demented in the way I want it to be. It's fucked up in the way that I want it to be. It's everything that, like... And it'll never be... I mean, I'm not going to say there'll never be another show like that. They're basically Seinfeld dark. They really are. So, like, I can't say it's super original, but it's amazing. And and to know... And to believe how many seasons they've got. They're up to, like... I have them all. I believe it's, like, 12... They're going on 12 or 13 seasons, which is insane. So, like... I mean, for a show like that. So, yeah, this that's my two cents on it. I really, really enjoy Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, it's its hysterical. Oh, and I, who, I can't believe I forgot. Danny DeVito. What a great, great input of Danny DeVito. Like, just such a great thing to put him into this. But, um, yeah, that's basically it. So, thanks, guys. Bye. Well, thank you, as always, Nick, for your input. We do enjoy your uh, your voicemails. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised you almost forgot Frank, too, but <clears throat> I'm glad you remembered him at the end, because he, while he's not an original cast member, like, he definitely drives the plot in a lot of these I was going to say, episodes. he definitely, um, at this point, he kind of makes the show. Yeah, because well, he's... I, I feel like it would be a completely different show, and I don't think it would have gone 12 seasons if Danny DeVito hadn't signed on to, to be a part of it. 
No, yeah. Because, yeah. because of how he interacts with Charlie. Well, the thing is, um, a little bit of backstory is they were they had did their first season and they needed more money to make production. And they said, hey, if you can get someone big for the show, mm-hmm. why not? And so Danny DeVito was a fan, but he his children were fans of the show, so that's why he did it. And then he just continued on, and he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's so good in that. Say, the love affair between Frank and Rumham is one for the ages. <laughs> Rumham, it really is. Now the Rumham is a secondary character on its own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about what how you know Rumham impacted them in just one episode. They ended up on that cruise. They got sweet tans on that cruise. They did. They, they got, got sweet spray tans. If you look at the the group, the Facebook group. I would say at least three, four hundred people posted pictures on Easter of people making rum ham. But of yeah. course, everybody but yeah, of course that I saw had rum ham. I wanted to have make rum ham this year. We didn't get to do really anything, but yeah, Dave added me to a Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, fan great, page on great Facebook, tidbits on Facebook. there. You know, another little little Devito tidbit also is talking about kind of kind of real life like fourth wall stuff. <laughs> the uh, the the thing that gets me with DeVito is just hearing Charlie Day talk about him, how he really does hang just like Frank Reynolds in real life. Like, nobody parties harder than him. Nobody kind of drinks more than him. He can't believe that he's still alive. They're pretty sure he's never going to die. Oh, like when he fucking sewed himself into the couch? (laughs) (laughs) He's resourceful. And he, like, comes out completely naked and just, like, walking around during the Christmas party? Oh, my God. So... uh. We're just about done with this episode, but I would like to say a couple of things. One, uh, people voted correctly in our battle this week. Uh, although, Dan, you didn't you didn't vote, which, you son of a bitch. I haven't been on Facebook in a long time. Was that the, the fight? Yeah, the, the battle is uh, Calvin's Stupendous Man versus Butter's Professor Chaos, who wins in a battle. That's a no-brainer, honestly. That's chaos all the way. Wow. wow! You're Completely so wrong. wrong. Yeah. You're so wrong. I think he's going to have the backup slash resources to get it done. What resources? Stupendous man flew. Look at. He, not only is he like hyper. Stupendous man's resume. Just, Stupendous you know man I mean? went to Mount Palomar, unscrewed the uh, observatory uh, telescope lens, <laughs> flew into space, and only destroyed his school. Sounds like we're going to ag- have to agree to disagree on this one. Well, yeah, we agree that you're wrong, and we disagree with you. And I, I agree with that. Right. So, even with that, that only brought uh, brought it to a difference of one vote because it was a difference of two votes. So now it's only a difference of one vote. So, yeah. Well, as long as you voted for my guy, then you're right. <laughs> that's that's the way it works. So, stupendous man is the winner, as uh, as I he should be, as I knew he would be. And uh, I'm actually surprised at you, Dan, because you're introducing uh, somebody new to uh, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My little girl, she loves Calvin and Hobbes. She's all over it. And how often does she watch Professor Chaos on TV? Like, just out of curiosity, how much uh, how much <laughs> Professor Chaos time has she logged in? We're going to go ahead and give her a couple years on that one. Give her a couple years. What's so, the novel uh, you've been working on? How long have you been working on the novel with the protagonist? <laughs> Uh, some friends become enemies. Uh, enemies become friends. No, no, you're doing good. Though. All right, so next week we're going to devote our entire episode to the antics of Charlie Kelly. We'll probably get sidetracked off on a bunch of uh, random things that go along with Charlie Kelly because you can't talk about just Charlie without 
without his uh, antics and his cohorts. And Ashes, you have something you'd like to add? Yeah, well, I'd kind of like to backtrack back to Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. A certain somebody in this room just recently got a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo. I did. I uh, got that. That was the uh, picture in the Facebook group. That was my tattoo that I got. Um, and it was done. Um, if you are in the Worcester County area, it was done by Rodney, uh, also known as Fizzy Jizzles for some reason, um, at the <laughs> Worcester Tattoo. It's a good name. You remember it, don't you? <laughs> yes, it's true. You do remember it. Um, at Worcester Tattoo on Grafton Street in Worcester. And he also did my tattoo, which I will post pictures of at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Rodney and the uh, gang at Worcester Tattoo. Fun trivia effect. Yes. Uh, he also did a tattoo that I designed uh, on someone of the Grand Guignol Network. That would be Michael Ravenshadow. Oh, he did Ravenshadow's tattoo? Well, I know he got it done there. I don't know if Rodney did it, but I know he got it done there. Oh, that's rad. I didn't know that. So, yeah, join us next week for episode 44, where we'll be discussing Charlie Kelly and his super awesome just lifestyle and who he is. So, with that being said, Adrian Nicole, you want to get over to a microphone? We will see you next Thursday. Thursday.